Welcome in to the fourth annual March Madness Optimal Bracket. I'm Rick Gaiman, and I am going to show you the best way, most optimal way to build your lineup with math and data. I will say it once. I will say it again. The moment that March Madness begins this year will be the first moment of college basketball I have watched this season, and that has historically not stopped us from having very, very good results. Speaking of those results, last three years, uh, last year with Kansas being the national champion, that bracket was in the 99th percentile. 2021, Baylor as your champion, that bracket was in the 94th percentile. And then 2019, obviously we didn't have a, a bracket to do in 2020, Virginia, opt, uh, that optimal bracket was in the 984 percentile. All of this is in the description. You can go back and you can look at this historically. All the information you are going to need is there, but let me cover a couple of bases right out of the gate. This is a concept that uses math and game theory to figure out the best ways to fill out the bracket. It looks at what the likelihood of these outcomes happening, and it looks at what everyone else is doing and says, where can we be different? Where can we get a little bit of leverage? Where can we best allocate our resources? I don't care about a couple of things. I don't care about how many 12s beat a 5. I don't care that, oh, no number one seeds have ever done whatever. I don't care. I don't care about what has happened during the regular season. If so-and-so beat this other team by 30 at home, I do not care. You do not need to uh, put it in the comments or anything like that. Additionally, uh, this is a really good opportunity to remind you that you do not need to come back and try to drag me in the comments. Um, so one, I, I just... Just be a nice person. You don't have to come drag me. Two, you're not going to offend me if that's your goal. And three, you do not want to look like these people, right, who last year we got out of the gate, I think, seven out of our first 16. It was horrible. Kentucky lost early. They, they were in our national title game. But definitely do not come back and drag me until my champion is out. Until my champ is dead, there is no reason to drag because it's a really good lesson. You know, I'm poking fun here, but it's a really good lesson in how the scoring works. You know, the, the, the early wins are worth basically nothing. And the exponential points that you get if you're playing in a standard bracket for every round after that are, is so valuable that even having one of your national title uh, contenders knocked out early doesn't really matter if you still have leverage on the field and you're going to get exponentially better results coming through. So, that's the whole point of this. You can be bad as long as you're better than everybody else. March Madness is usually a crazy time. So um, what else do we have to talk about? So I do this every year. I'm really only going to ask for a couple of things. Uh, you know, Like the video, share it around. If you're so inclined to data-driven analysis, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rick Run Good. I, I cover golf full-time. Uh, I mix in a couple of other sports and fun things like this when I think there's an opportunity. But uh, this is how I assess golf on a weekly basis through data on courses and players and finding best ways to allocate funds for fantasy and betting. So uh, if that is so interesting to you, uh, subscribing to the channel would help me quite a bit. Okay, let's talk through how this is going to work and let's get ourselves an optimal bracket. This right here is 538.com. 538 goes through and assigns probability 
for every team to advance through every single round. Uh, so, for example, Texas having an 8% chance of winning the national title, a 13% chance of winning their matchup in the Final Four, a 92% chance of beating Colgate in round one. Okay, They, they do this for every single team. Uh, I am aware that there are other ways to do this. There are other probabilities. Uh, we have been very, very successful in using the 538 projections, and that's what we are going to continue to use. So that is one part of the math problem here. The other part of the math problem is this beautiful, lovely page on ESPN.com, which is on their tournament challenge page under who picked whom, which literally shows you the percentage of brackets, whatever this is going to end up being, 8 million, 10 million, 12 million brackets, have chosen each and every team to advance through each round. The way that this reads, for example, 96% of brackets have Alabama winning in the round of 64. 25% of brackets have Alabama winning the national title. That is the way that you read this. I'm already seeing some issues with the way that people are filling out brackets for this year. More on that, obviously, in just a second. But the idea is when you have both pieces of this equation, it makes the getting the answer a lot easier, right? It's like we have two plus two, so we know the answer is four. In a lot of scenarios, it would be two plus X equals X or equals Y, right? I guess that would make more sense. So we've got the two pieces of this. We have the probability that each team is going to advance through every single round, and we have how often they are being chosen. Now it's a very simple process. We just compare the numbers and find where our big, biggest leverage points are. So... That is what this is. Uh, this is the magic spreadsheet, right? So through data formatting and cleaning it and all this fun stuff, I have thrown all of what you just saw, the probabilities from 538.com, the uh, percentages of, of, of each round, uh, each bracket, choosing each, each team to get through each round into a spreadsheet. I've made it look pretty. I've put some leverage stuff in here. Uh, I will obviously walk you through this spreadsheet. A couple of notes. I have made this Excel spreadsheet available via download. If you want to download this and mess around with it yourself, you can click the link in the description. I will also show you how to update this uh, when we get to the end. But this is where the magic happens. So we have every team in here. We have every uh, round in here, right? And we've got a column for leverage. So the way that this works is as follows. Uh, 538, for example, has Creighton winning their round of 64 game 78% of the time. However, they are only being selected on ESPN to advance through the round of 64, 67% of the time. That is 10.5% of leverage. That means that there are uh, 10, there is a there are 10 percentage points of probability higher than the amount of people that are choosing them on ESPN. That is good. We want high leverage situations. The idea being that uh, this is where game theory comes into play, right? If, if, you know, we were flipping coins and for every time it landed on heads, uh, I gave you a dollar and every time it landed on tails, you gave me 50 cents. You would want to flip coins for the rest of eternity because you know that that is a 50, uh, 50, 50 proposition. So that's what we're doing here. We're looking at the likelihood of an event happening, but the, the payout. Uh, essentially, is being determined by how many people on ESPN are choosing them, 
And if that number doesn't line up, we have an edge. Or if it's too high, we know to avoid that situation. I will note a couple of items here. The, the game theory aspect of this is, is much better suited for larger pools, larger leagues. I'm going to throw this bracket into ESPN's bracket challenge, right? There's probably going to be 10 million brackets, and this, this is perfect for that. If you're over, like, 20, 20 brackets, you're going to do fine. Um, if you're playing against one other person, you probably do not need to get super game theory e you just need to be smart but like the larger your pool the better once you start getting to like a hundred people it's really really good and then obviously anything over that it's generally quite great oh i will note one other thing sorry uh it lost in my victory lap at the at the start i i failed to mention like i do understand we're gonna get wiped on this at some point right like when when the team that is the most popular team wins the national title, this will stink for us, right? Now, we're in year four. The first three years have been really good. I bet you once at every four, five, or six years, we get wiped on this, but that's okay. We'll just continue to take our edges over and over and over again. But I do, lost in my victory lap, failed to mention, I do understand um, when the most popular team wins March Madness, we're going to lose on this. So it, it will happen every couple of years. Additionally, this year, I added a leverage plus column. This is uh, The numbers don't really matter. You just need to kind of know that higher is better. The idea being that you would rather have uh, 2% leverage on a team that is 10% to win the national title versus 2% leverage on a team that is 2% to win the national title, right? So this is just a way to say higher is better. We'll, I'll show you how that works in just one second. If you remember from past years, uh, the best way to do this is generally working backwards. So we are going to start with our national champion, and then we're going to fill out our final four. We'll kind of work backwards along the way. That's that's where most of the leverage appears. So let me just get this situated so that we can kind of see everybody in one spot. Yeah, here we go. Perfect. So I have sorted the national championship column by popularity. I've sorted it by ESPN selection percentages and we are already seeing something we have never seen in four years of doing this uh alabama alabama is being selected to win the national title 24 percent of the time 25 percent of the time according to 538 they are only going to win the national title 14.6 percent of the time that is negative 10 percent leverage this is the part where i say and you you clip this and, and you save it for a couple of weeks in case they actually do but this is the part where i say if you are choosing alabama to win your national title game you are doing it very very wrong because you you're not gonna like win all that like 25 percent of people are choosing them you're not gonna win all that much if they do win and they are going to get bounced much more often than that 86 percent of the time they are not going to win the national title yet 25 percent of people on espn a quarter of all brackets that have been entered are selecting them to win the national title so this is where i say if you're playing in a big pool and you choose alabama you are doing it wrong you might get away with it but you are doing it wrong we are also seeing a situation where kansas uh, also very popular. Uh, the second most popular team on ESPN, 11.7% uh, 
chosen is only going to win, according to 538, 4.8% of the time. I don't know what's going on with these teams. Again, I do not watch college basketball. I, I do not know why Alabama is so popular. I do not know why Kansas is so popular. I do not particularly care. I care about the numbers, and what I'm about to show you next is even crazier. Houston. I had to make sure this wasn't a typo. Houston, according to 538.com, has a 25% chance of winning the national title. I, I also was like, what do the sports books say? Plus 475. Houston is the favorite to win March Madness. Plus 475, which is actually uh, a little bit worse than what 538 thinks, right? I mean, plus 475 would impute, what, like 20%, uh, maybe a little bit less than that, that they win the national title game. But no, no one is really selecting them on ESPN. Only 10 they're, they're the third highest selected team, 10%. I do not remember a time where the favorite to win March Madness has not been the most popular team, right? Gonzaga last year, they were like plus 450 to win the national title. They were 25 or 30% owned in, on ESPN. I don't remember doing this in the last four years where we've had this situation, which is a little bit scary, right? Because we usually don't pick the favorite to win, but um, we're now getting an opportunity where we are getting the favorite at a very low ownership. That is absolutely crazy to me. So Houston, I mean, if you haven't figured it out yet, Houston is going to be our, 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 national, our national champion. Now, uh, if you're looking for other options, there's not a lot of other super great options, are there? So Houston, um, a, a huge 14% leverage and also owning the highest win probability via 538 gets us a massive, a massive leverage plus number. The other opportunity, if you were like super against math and you really wanted to go in another direction, um, Texas would kind of be interesting as well. They're going to win the whole thing 7.8% uh, of the time. They, uh, you would have leverage on them because ESPN is only – they're only being chosen 6.2% of the time. I guess the problem here is they are the two seed in the Midwest, and Houston is the one seed in the Midwest, so they are going to kind of obviously run into each other uh, very, very quickly here. Creighton would have positive leverage, but they're only going to win the bracket 2% of the time. Uh, Gonzaga wouldn't be so bad. They're going to win it 4% of the time. You have a little bit of po positive leverage there. And, and, I mean, this is terrifying because – it's very, very clear who our leverage champ is, and it's Houston. So we're going we're gonna to have to pick Houston here and figure out uh, the rest of this along the way. So Houston is in the Midwest. We are just going to advance them to the national title game. They are going to be our champion. So let's hope Houston lasts as, as, as long as possible here. Okay, so this is really interesting. And obviously, I'm just looking through this sheet with you, right? I, know, I, don't, I don't know anything about these teams. So we're trying to find another uh, uh, competitor, another participant in the national title game. We're also going to have to figure out where to bounce Alabama. So just sorting, just sorting uh, the team to win in the Final Four, so to get to the national championship game in, in terms of 538 win odds. So Houston is, is, is number, uh, number one. They're, they have the highest probability of, of, of winning their Final Four game. Alabama is number two. Uh, we could, but it's 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 really bad leverage, right? I mean, there's bad leverage on it. Like the further you take Alabama, the kind of the worse it is. Um, so we're gonna have to figure out where where to bounce them. Uh, and they're coming out of the South. 
the, the, the other problem is Texas has a – I'm assuming the Midwest is pretty stacked because Texas – you know, that's pretty a pretty bad draw for both Houston and Texas that they both have – they have two of the three highest win probabilities to get to the national title game, and they're both coming out of the same region. So that probably stinks for both of those teams. Um, I don't think we can pick Purdue. There's negative leverage there. We Texas is a positive leverage team, but they're also in the Midwest, and we've already advanced Houston to our, our, our winner. I would not mind Gonzaga. They have an 8.6% uh, 538 pr uh, win probability to get to the national title game. They're being chosen on ESPN at 8.5%. It is basically even. So we would we would get zero leverage for their, uh, or at least a little bit of leverage for their final four win. We would get a lot of leverage on them getting to the final four. I don't know who else is in the, the West. Um, UCLA. Oh, Kansas. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. So we can kind of kill two birds with one stone here or crack two nuts with one nutcracker here is that because Kansas is being woefully over-selected, Gonzaga would give us a, a chance to be a tiny positive on Gonzaga uh, leverage-wise getting to the national title game, but it would also counteract and basically we'd get double it because they would eventually have to knock out Kansas at some point and Gonzaga winning their elite eight game and getting to the final four is massive leverage um, because most people have Kansas going to the final four so I, I believe I'm going to settle on Gonzaga here I will point out a couple of things um, Creighton very disrespected here we're, we're going to advance Creighton very, very far. I don't know if that's going to be – I don't know how far that's going to end up being because I don't know where, who's in what side of the bracket. But Creighton is is uh, being chosen to win uh, – excuse me, 538 has Creighton to win their final four game, to get to the national title game 6% of the time. They're being chosen less than 1% of the time. So they have the – 10th best odds to get to the national title game and are being selected nowhere near that rate. Uh, they basically have the same rate of getting there at, as Marquette and Marquette is being selected cor correctly, basically 7% of the time. And, and uh, Creighton is not. So that, that, that is wild to me. I wonder if Creighton had like injuries and they're a six seed and now they're getting healthy. I don't, I don't know, but that's, that obviously stands out. So here's what we're going to do. Um, based on where the, I don't know where Gonzaga is on this bracket. Um, so bear with me for a second. Oh, the, well, they're on Kansas's side. So where's Kansas? Okay. So they're here in the West somewhere. Okay. So they're the three seed in the West. So I, I think, oh, so they can't even get, see the, the problem is they can't even get to the national title game because they would run into Houston in the final four, which I guess that's still okay. Because we still have that they are actually the highest. So so Gonzaga winning the Elite Eight game um, and getting to the Final Four is actually the highest leverage plus play of that round. Um, it's and, and to point this out, so so what's happening here is, and we we saw this in, in years past, right? Is everyone a lot of people have Houston getting to the Final Four, but everyone has them losing after that, right? So so we get a ton of we don't get a ton of leverage. Uh, until 
Houston wins their Final Four game and wins the national title game. This is the exact same thing that happened with Kansas last year. As Kansas was making their run and we were flying up the leaderboards, we were still – we still had not realized any leverage on Kansas yet. It was all unrealized because we had negative leverage up for them to the Final Four. So it's basically – it's almost a blueprint of, of, of last year mathematically. So I'm okay with putting Gonzaga into – the final four game because that's our best leverage. It's it's a little bit better than than UConn, um, both coming out of the West, unfortunately. So so UConn and Gonzaga getting to the final four is great. Am I gonna have to put Creighton in the national title game? It, it's it's starting to feel that way, isn't it? Creighton is only two percent less likely to get to the final four than Kansas is, or excuse me, to get to the national title game than Kansas is two percent. of the time, two out of 100, yet they are selected to get there 20% less. I cannot believe this. I think I'm going to have to put Creighton in the national title game. We, uh, this is a very unique, we have also not seen this before. Um, So just again, to recap, we have Houston already going through Alabama. We can't take because it's horrible leverage. Texas would be our next best option, but they're in the Midwest. We already have Houston going through Purdue is negative. Kansas is negative. Gonzaga I'd be fine with, but they can't get there. Arizona, a small negative. UCLA, a negative. Marquette, a negative. Massive leverage on Creighton. And those teams, those powerhouses, are only like 2 to 3% more likely to get there than Creighton is. This is unbelievable. It feels a little dirty, but I'm, I'm going to have to run. I'm going to have to run Creighton into the, into the national title game here. And I know, I know everybody's going to hate this. I hate it too. But the math is there. It, do, it does make me feel better that Creighton has the fourth um, – I mean, they have the fourth best odds to win their region. Alabama, Arizona, Baylor, then Creighton. So that's – I mean, that's fine. And um, actually, 538 likes, likes them more than they like Baylor. So, yeah, it feels a little dirty, but we're going to do it. All right, so we've got three of our final four selected. Uh, we just need somebody to come out of the east. Also, why I – said, I think I said this last year – why is the bracket set up like this? Why would the South be in the top left, the Midwest be in the top right, the West be in the bottom right, and the East be in the that, – that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so we need, we need the best leverage to win their Elite Eight game out of the East. So that is what we are looking for right now. We'll just filter this. Okay. So if we look at this from a probability standpoint, Purdue, the favorite to get out 26% of the time, Marquette, 16%, Duke, 13 Tennessee, 12 and Kentucky, 10 Then there's a big drop-off. So there's kind of a big five here, Purdue, and then a big four, I guess I should say, as far as who's actually going to win this. We can't take Purdue, just zero leverage there. In fact, minus 12% leverage is not going to work for me. If we sort this by leverage, there, to me, there's two there's two really good options here. Uh, it's either Kentucky or it's, or it's Tennessee. Um, both of them are more than 10% likely to get through to the final four. Both of them we have pretty significant leverage on, over 5%. Our leverage plus numbers are nearly identical, 61% and 60 The uh, Again, just for comparison's sakes, for people who are, who are looking at this, you know, Duke and Tennessee have basically the same likelihood of getting to the final four within 1% of each other, yet Duke is being selected to, be, to go there twice as often so so that that is what we're doing here we are taking those spots now I think because I'm getting a little frisky with Creighton 
Uh, I'm I'm going to take Tennessee here. I'm going to try to pile up some more percentages elsewhere. Tennessee has a, a little bit better chance of getting to the Final Four than Kentucky does. Um, they have the fourth best odds to come out of this region. So I'm, I'm going to try to pile up a little bit of equity there, and we're going to take Tennessee and put them into the Final Four. So Tennessee, a four seed. This is a little – I don't know if this is a very volatile year or anything like that, but we've got um, a one seed, a three seed, a four seed, and a six seed in our Final Four. Just, oh boy, pray to the basketball gods for us here. Okay, so now we've got our final four set. So now we've got to start um, getting teams to the Elite Eight. Um, we got to figure out how far we want to take Alabama in this situation. So let's figure this out. Okay, getting to the Elite Eight. So that's a six, uh, Sweet 16 win. Uh, Gonzaga is our first team with positive leverage. We already have advanced them. Look at these two. So Creighton and Connecticut unbelievably uh, disrespected here. Connecticut getting to the Elite Eight 31% of the time, being chosen half that rate. We've already talked about Creighton, and I've already advanced them way more, way farther than I am comfortable with. So we can get UConn, I, I believe, into the Elite Eight out of the West. So they would eventually run into Gonzaga and lose to Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Gonzaga will move on. So we are kind of disrespecting Kansas here, obviously. We have Kansas losing somewhere before that. Um, so that UConn, pr presumably UConn-Kansas game is going to be pretty high leverage for us um, as we go through this. Let's look at the leverage plus numbers for the Elite Eight. So we've got Creighton through. So Kentucky and Tennessee coming out of the East. So, I mean, that would be super – can they both – is that the route that they can go? Can both of, would they run into each other? Yeah, so we could do this. We could do um, basically Kentucky and Tennessee running into each other in the Elite Eight, and then Tennessee would obviously move on. The only concern there would be we'd have to beat Marquette at some point. So Tennessee would have to beat Marquette, which I don't think is going to be a super big issue. I mean – it's, it's a 14% difference between Marquette and Tennessee getting out of, or excuse, I shouldn't say getting out of, winning their Sweet 16 game, but Marquette is being chosen 50% of the time. That, that's not going to work for us. Um, Kentucky, we already have. We are avoiding Duke. I mean, we could put Duke through. There's just no leverage on Duke, and we have them losing in the next round anyway, so that, that's probably not going to be a route that we go. So Tennessee and Kentucky um, getting to the Elite Eight feels fine. So we've got those two, those two. We've got – okay, so we need who Creighton is going to play. So this is probably where we just advance Alabama. Um, and the, the our massive upset would be Creighton eventually beating Alabama. If Alabama got bounced before that, that'd be great because we wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, but, I, I, I mean, we have to take Alabama at least so far. Let me isolate two teams and show you this. The problem with Alabama here is the only place that we have leverage on Alabama is winning their round of 64 game. We have negative leverage everywhere else, though it's not realistic to say that they are going to like lose in the second round, right? Or lose that's not super realistic, right? They are still 64%. They're more likely than not to advance to the Elite Eight. And then that's where their percentages kind of drop off or at least do not stay stay match. So I am going to accept 
a lot of negative leverage to get Alabama into the Elite Eight game. And then I am hoping that they lose at some point before that. I don't care. If they lose in the first round, great. Doesn't matter because we have them going. Everybody else has them going so much further than we do. We will sacrifice the points for those. They will not, uh, everyone else will not be able to realize those points. And we hope that Creighton finds some magic during this thing and does not blow the whole thing up. The other problem is, so, so, you know, based on previous conversation, I was like, oh, I'll just run, I'll just run Texas right into Houston, right? Texas had one of the best leverage numbers to get out of the final four or to get to the final four. So I was like, oh, I'll just run them into Houston, but actually not. After we have determined that they cannot be, that there are not our final four team, we kind of have to bounce them a little bit earlier. So, so here they are, uh, you know, them winning their Sweet six, 16 game is one of the worst leverage spots that we can get out of the Midwest. So let me actually just do this. I'll um, I'll just sort by Midwest, and we'll look for teams to win their Sweet 16 game. And it's right here. Let me hide these columns for you. Texas is actually the worst. Isn't that amazing? So basically what is happening here is everyone is selecting Texas to get to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Now, they are not picking them after that, but we can't really take them that far because we lose all that leverage. So we actually probably need to take, um, like, Iowa State or Texas A&M here, I think. It's really a toss-up. Both of them are 13% to advance to the Elite Eight. Both of them are being chosen on ESPN at 65 and 7.5%. We have 6%-ish of leverage on both. We have like 82 to 85% leverage plus. Um, I guess I'll just take the team that has the better leverage plus number here in, in Iowa State. Though, if you wanted to take Texas A&M here, I completely understand. Uh, but I'm going to take... Iowa State to run into Houston and uh, eventually get bounced. So now what we'll do is we'll do some first-round matchups. Um, th these aren't super valuable, but they do uh, – we have more information because we have game lines available and also – um, it, it does get kind of get you off on the on the correct foot, and then what we'll do is we'll because we already have our elite eight set, and we're about to do our round of sixty four. We'll then just be able to kind of fill in the gaps after that, and make sure we have got teams going as as, as far as they should. So, like right off the bat, and this is this is why the the leverage plus number is avail uh, uh, available for this year, and why it's so much better. Because if you if you just sort by leverage, Furman technically has the fourth highest leverage number but they are still only winning their game against whoever 27% of the time. So this is where I sat here last year and I was like, well, would I rather have 12% leverage on somebody who is, you know, 27% to win or would I rather have 11% leverage on a team that's 38% to win? And obviously it's the latter. So the leverage plus number is, uh, is that calculation. So Right off the bat, Utah State needs to win. Uh, Utah State is actually a favorite. They're a two-point favorite, and they are being selected 35% of the time. 35% of the time on ESPN, while 538 has them winning 64% of the time, and every sports book has them as a favorite. So Utah State out of the South is going to beat uh, Missouri. Now, I could uh, we'll do one, we'll do one more. Boise State is a pick'em. Uh, they are only being selected 35% of the time. 538 has them winning 53% of the time. Even if they win this 50% of the time, we have a ton of leverage there. So Boise State out of the West, which is apparently 
in the bottom right hand corner, which doesn't make any sense, is through for us. So I'm, I'm I'll, I'll spare you like me going through this sheet and, and choosing them, but I'll just kind of fast forward and show you where who we ended up selecting. All right, so I'll just run through these pretty quick. Uh, West Virginia beats uh, Maryland. That's where our leverage was, and West Virginia is actually a favor in that game. Uh, San Diego State to beat College of Charleston, Virginia to beat Furman. We already advanced Creighton. Uh, Baylor to beat UCSB. Utah State to beat Missouri. That's a 10 over a 7. Utah State is actually the favorite in that game. So we've advanced them, and our leverage was there. Arizona to beat Princeton. Down to the east, uh, FAU over Memphis. That was... Um, I believe pretty close. Florida Atlantic is plus three, but they've got a ton of leverage over a big name, uh, a big name college like like Memphis. Duke over Oral Roberts, Tennessee over Louisiana, Kentucky over Providence, Kansas State over Montana State, Michigan State over USC. That one, um, that is Michigan State uh, being the favorite and also giving us leverage as well, I believe. And then Marquette over Vermont, over to the West. Uh, we already had Kansas going in. Illinois to Illinois over Arkansas. VCU over St. Mary's. Let's talk about that one real quick. Uh, VCU is plus four, so they're a four-point dog, but they've got a ton of leverage. Yeah, so 538 has them winning 40% of the time. ESPN being selected only 31% of the time. It's one of the larger um, leverage plus numbers coming out of the West, so we're going to go for that, just a four-point dog. Uh, obviously, crazier things have happened and will continue to happen. We've got uh, – this one was actually kind of weird because we don't know who TCU is going to play yet, whether it's Arizona State or Nevada. I don't even mind necessarily advancing one of those play-in teams another round but um i couldn't get there with with it this time so tcu to gonzaga uh boise state beats northwestern that was a pretty good one too that's a that game's a pick and boise state is um the highest leverage team here in the first round or in the round of 64 i guess i should say they are only being selected on espn 35 percent of the time they are according to 538 going to win 58 percent of the time and they are uh it's a pick them so you i mean we, we've got to take we just absolutely have to take boise state there and then ucla over unc Asheville. oh i think i missed a i think i missed one i think we got to do the upper right midwest um did i do the side yet i don't think so so Auburn over Iowa, that one was pretty close as well. Auburn's the favorite there, though, minus one, and I believe that they are also the higher leverage team in the Midwest. Let me just confirm that. Yeah, actually, second. But besides Drake uh, getting out of uh, the 12 or the 5, Auburn is the next best. They are the favorite there. So we did go Drake over Miami. That's a 12 over a 5. Again, I don't really care. But they are 40% to win on 538, but only 22% on ESPN. So that would be a pretty big one. Indiana over Kent State. Iowa State uh, coming out there is the six. Xavier beating Kennesaw, uh, Kennesaw State. Texas A&M, they're a favorite over Penn State, and they are the um, higher leverage team. So we went there, and then Texas over Colgate. So that is now – we've got everything to – we've got our Elite Eight teams done. We have our round of 64 done. So now we just kind of need to fill in the gaps, right? Like who's going to beat Alabama – or who's going to play Alabama? Is it going to be San Diego State or Virginia? Like that's the kind of stuff that we that we just need to fill in here. So here's a pretty clear example of what we have to do. It's actually probably one of the best examples we've had thus far. So our options are San Diego State or Virginia in this uh, round of a 32 game to get to the Sweet 16 against Alabama. So um, according to 538, 
they are basically the same likelihood of getting there, 37 38% of the time. However, ESPN is choosing Virginia 60% of the time, San Diego State only 25% of the time. So, very, very clear here, San Diego State is through. Utah State or Arizona, I'm assuming – see, this is, this is actually kind of a tough one here because um, – Utah State is the super high leverage team. Uh, in fact, one of the highest leverage teams here where, you know, uh, no one is choosing them to go through, but they are only 22% likely to go through. Arizona State is, or excuse me, Arizona is sporting a 67% likelihood. So it's technically Utah State is the higher leverage team here, but I, I, I personally kind of feel that um, – that win, that win equity is a little too much to give up, especially because, man, we have already, we've already run Creighton through this thing, and like, yeah, I, I just, I'll just, I'll just take Arizona here, right? I mean, it just, it, it just kind of hurts to do. Um, over to the Midwest, we need to do Drake in Indiana, and we need to do Texas A and M in Texas. This is also kind of another really tough spot because everybody has Texas going through, everybody has. Um, who is it? Indiana going through. Yeah. And so they're super negative leverage here. We like Texas, but we like Texas going further. But do I really want to bounce them when they're 63% to win that? Uh, Drake is 15% to get through. Texas A&M is only 25 or 23% to get through, but they're both super high leverage spots. So I'd love to get a little leverage. Te Texas is, is worse than Indiana. Um, leverage wise. So here's, here's what we'll do here. We'll, we'll take one of each. Um, we will take Indiana to beat Drake and run into Houston. We will take Texas A&M to beat Texas. This is uh, a little bit scary, but Texas A&M is super high leverage. You could also argue like, Hey, you know, this is going to be a rivalry thing. Weird stuff happens. I loved Texas to like win the national title or to get to the national championship game, but they are super bad leverage basically everywhere else outside of that. Um, so we're just going to try to pile up a couple of wins there, take Indiana on one side, Texas A&M on the other. That would, that would produce a pretty crazy Texas A&M, Iowa State, uh, Sweet 16 matchup. So we've kind of got – and then on, honestly it would also be great because um, it would – seemingly clear the path for Houston, which is our national champion. So we can kind of play this from a couple of different angles. And honestly, I guess that's also the, the point that I probably should have discussed too, is, you know, you need a, like, if you're trying to play this for 10 million people, you need a pretty correlated bracket and you need things to fall your way. And you, so, so the idea of getting leverage on Texas losing and then doubling up on that leverage because it would make the path easier for Houston is kind of interesting uh, as well. So then we just need to figure out if it's going to be Kansas or Illinois that plays UConn, Boise State, or UCLA that plays Gonzaga. Both UCLA and, a UCLA and Kansas are uh, very bad leverage spots, but they are over 65% likely to uh, win these games, so we're just we're just going to advance them. Purdue uh, almost certainly is going to be in over FAU. I'll check that in a second. And then Michigan State versus Marquette. Let's see where we go here. I think we'll probably settle on Michigan State here. Ton of leverage, one of the best leverage spots that we can get. In the rounds of 32, I also don't mind. Uh, this is very narrative based, but I also don't mind like a well-coached, big-time um, NCAA program to upset a like up-and-coming market. You know what I mean? Like it's just I don't necessarily mind that. Um, 
So Michigan State would run into Kentucky, and then we're going to run Purdue into Tennessee. So this, this is uh, seemingly the final bracket here. Uh, so just to recap, Houston beating Creighton in the national championship game. We've got Gonzaga and Tennessee also as our final four. Uh, this is a very, very high leverage uh, bracket with the way that the uh, the odd, the odds were in the way that the probabilities were in the way that selections were th this, this feels like it's either a two percentile bracket or like a 99th percentile bracket. There's going to be nothing in between here. So, um, pretty high risk, pretty high reward, which is, I guess, kind of what we're going for as far as the, um, the tiebreaker goes. I don't know. I would probably just look up. Yeah. Like points per game or whatever. So just call it, uh, I don't know. I mean, Creighton's the, these both se seem to be pretty high scoring teams. Wow, Creighton in the national title game is absolutely terrifying. But let's say um, yeah, 75-70. Okay. So there we go. Um, I will save this bracket, and I will put it down in the description so that you can access it. Also, as, as promised, I will make this sheet available for download. Um what you need to know about that. Let me show you how to update that real quick. So basically when you download this, there's a tab for ESPN. If you just go to the ESPN who picked who page, which looks like this and copy these teams in and paste them into the spreadsheet in a two, everything will update itself. Okay. And then you can go through and do that. So if you want to wait till later in the week where maybe the numbers are more mature, uh, you can certainly do that, whatever you want to do. But another year in the books. Uh, this feels this feels the scariest, right? Uh, Creighton going that far, bouncing some of these teams. So hopefully we get a lot of, a lot of madness. And honestly, if, if, uh, if we pick another champion, we're going to be fine just along the way. So uh, Houston is, is the team, seemingly. Now, again... Do me a favor, like this video, share it around. Um, if you're into data, specifically golf data, uh, subscribe to the channel. It goes a long way for me. helps me out. Appreciate the support. Best of luck. Let's see if we can run hot again. Goodbye.